Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at hm.com. Okay, I'm super excited about this episode. I have a new friend. Her name's Corey. She has a company called Simplify and Move LA. And I asked her to come in and take a look at our house and help us for our move. She has a home organizing business. She does a home edit and move management. And she has a senior move management business, which I didn't even know existed and sounds kind of amazing uh, for someone who has maybe an ailing parent that needs to downsize into assisted living. What an amazing like public service sort of, but it is a service her company provides, Simplify and Move LA. So I was excited to ask her how she got into this business and what the business is really, because it's kind of a new industry. It's not something that really existed when I was growing up or people my age. So I was very curious and she's so personable and she's so nice and she's so fun that I thought it would be a good podcast episode. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Corey. I really had fun. Thank you for coming back every week. Thank you for all your emails. I read every single email. I don't get to answer all of them, but I do read them. So keep them coming. Thank you. I love the podcast suggestions and I love the book club suggestions. I have them all in folders. And when the time comes, Hopefully I can find the right guest or can recommend that book. So thank you so much. And um, yeah, so enjoy this episode with Corey. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. I roller skated to your door at daylight. It almost seemed. podcast for two and a half years. And when I first, before we had this property, I shared Bert's podcast studio. So it's it's dark and leather, man, like like a cigar room. And then little me and my girlfriends would come sit in that (laughs) cigar room. I need a girly space. (laughs) I did. I was like, so when we come over flower wallpaper, (laughs) I mean, could I make it more? (laughs) I couldn't if I tried, but I love it. It's so me. And you know, I think something I miss about the South is this, like bold color. I feel like people don't do bold color here. You're wearing bold color today. I like color. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a black dress too, but I do love color. Yeah, it's the best. It lifts your mood. It expresses who you are. And I I love yellow. You do? Yellow's a happy color. Yellow's a great color. Yellow's hard to wear. You look better in yellow when you're tan, yes. You do, you do, you do, you do. It's hard to wear. Orange is my favorite color. I want an orange purse. You want an orange I've purse? I always wanted an orange purse, yes. What kind of orange purse? Any particular kind? Mm, tote. 
Oh. Tokes, you know, carry a lot of stuff. Yeah, big, nice my tote. La- my little laptop. No, I need a tote, an orange tote. Can an you hook me tote. up with an orange tote? I, I Do you can, know you know, where I, I can find an orange tote? Think, huh? <laughs> I'll look around. An orange tote. Okay, I'll put it on my list. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. I'm excited to talk to you. And I'm- You should be. I'm, I, very, I'm very exciting. <laughs> you are. I mean, I just met you. The funny thing about um, life, I think, is that sometimes you meet people and you're just fast friends. Now, we may not see each other or hang out for a long time, but I feel very like uh, like I've known you. And um, well, That's a lovely compliment. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. I, I think that that is very cool when that happens. Well, that's why I'm good at what I do. I'm very sociable and silly and warm and outgoing. And so that's why I'm so good at my job because people do connect with that. I mean, I've rarely had anybody that didn't like, I had one client tell me that I was talking too much, but other than that, everyone <laughs> likes my vibe. So yeah. So what do you do? Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. You bring that up. Oh, segue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I am, I'm, well, I met you because you're moving Yep. and I'm a professional home organizer and you were referred to me by someone and the word of mouth referrals is the heart of my business. We're a team of professional home organizers and we specialize in move management and senior move management. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does that mean? Cause you know, I have a lot of people who listen, who don't live in LA, who have never heard of move management, who have no idea what a home organizer is. Um, yeah, no, it's a specialty service. It so is. I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't. I mean, I, it's funny that I do this for a living Liam because I haven't moved in 20 years. My <laughs> parents have been in the same house for 52. My in-laws have been in the same house for probably pushing 55. My sister's been in her house like 40. Like we're not a family of movers and yet I move people for a living. Um, That's probably why you're good at it. Cause you'd be, you'd be worn out if you moved yourself so much. It's well, exhausting. you know, when it's your own stuff, it's stressful, but mm-hmm. it's, I, I see the big picture and, and know how to break it down in really digestible bites for the mover, for the client, for the homeowner. Um, so move management is, we oversee people's moves, uh, but I have a special way of doing it because we're professional home organizers. So can I back up? Yeah. So professional home organizer is somebody who organizes your home, makes your pantry, pantry functional, makes your closet functional, all the different spaces. If you just bought an electric car a volt, you need to be able to plug it in and you can't park in your garage. So we were organizing homes and uh, then we started making it a very stylistic thing. So we were making it functional, but also pretty mm-hmm. using bins and baskets and containers with labels and drawer dividers and lazy Susans. I mean, we started really geeking out on, you know, like, oh, this is so pretty, but it has to be functional. Mm-hmm. It has to work for the family. So we, part of organizing is editing out what you don't use need or love. Mm-hmm. So getting rid of all the stuff that creeps into your house when you're raising two daughters and you have a working husband and you work yourself and all this stuff creeps into your house over time and you want to take care of it, but it's really low on your list of things, but you really want it done. So eventually people go, why would I pay somebody to do that for me? But the truth is, you know, you're probably never going to get to it. And even if you did, you wouldn't do it as well as a professional would. So we bring order back to people's homes and we make it look pretty while we're doing it. 
But then people started saying to us, hey, you know, we're moving and I don't want to lug. I've been carrying around this bookcase since college. These boxes I never unpacked from my last move. I I have too much stuff. I don't want to move it to my new house. Can you help me declutter before I move? And then people start saying, hey, can you help me unpack once I've moved in? So we kind of organically grew into move management. And we move households in anywhere from two to four days, like unpack every last box. That's crazy. Get all the art on the wall, get the TVs mounted. Everything is functional. Everything has a flow. Everything has a place. We just moved a a lovely lady and she went out of town Mm -hmm. and we moved her while she was gone. So she came back and her whole house had picked up and moved. And she walked in and she said, I'm looking for X. Where would it be? And she thought about it and she went to where she would put it and it was there. No way. And she called me and she's like, that was so awesome. And that's the best compliment. Yeah, I can get from a client. And then the last third of my business besides organizing and moving is uh, senior moves. Mm-hmm. So two years ago, my my dad, my hero, my best friend got acutely ill overnight. He, mm-hmm. had, he had a rare onset of acute advanced Alzheimer's overnight. Wow. Which is not how Alzheimer's normally comes no, on. Oh, yeah. It's slow. Your loved one starts acting a little funky and weird and you don't know what's going on. And over time, it gets a little worse. My dad was a stranger overnight. Wow. And I had to move him out of his house of 50 years into an assisted living room, not much bigger than this room. Wow. And it was intense and wow. emotional. And it was like the worst experience of my life to date. And after I got through that of like, what do I take? How do I move him out of a house of 50 years? What will he want? How do I, you know, and all the logistics of finding the home and dealing with the, the pricing and when I got through that whole experience, I said, okay, I'm going to also move seniors now as well. So we move seniors from their private homes mm-hmm. to an assisted living community or from one community to another when their health needs change or from one floor in one building to another floor in the same building when their health, when they need to be downgraded yeah. to a different level of care. So that is what I do. That is amazing. Yeah, I, I love it. I bet you do. So how did you I have questions, obviously. Come on, bring them up. Bring them up. How did you how did you start this? How did you get into this? Did you graduate from college and go, I'm gonna I'm gonna start organizing pantries? No, This is actually my third career. Yeah. You imagine my parents pay all that money for college. I'm like, I'm gonna be. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this I don't think this was a career when I graduated college. This is kind of a new industry being a professional organizer. Yeah. Um, I uh, this is my third career, Leon. I was a TV producer, my first career. My second career, I was in medical sales. I was, you know, I was a I was a good producer, but I didn't love it. Mm. Like I didn't go to work like I do today and mm. go, I'm gonna produce something. I love this. Yeah. I didn't love it. And so my husband was in medical sales and he, you know, had a nice living and he had a company car and he had vacation days. And you know, in TV, it doesn't matter if it's Christmas or New Year's or Thanksgiving or Martin Luther King, if something's breaking in the news, you got to go. Right. And um, I hated the hours. And so I said, I'm going to be in medical sales. And my husband said, you have no background in sales. You have no background in medicine. You know, you can't get into sales. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Is that a dare? <laughs> so um, it was November of 1999. And by January of 2000, I had two offers with two medical companies. Wow. I just, and I produced my way into that next career. Like I researched it, I organized it. 
you know, at the essence, I am an organized human being. And so I did medical sales for about five years and I made good money and I was good at it because I'm outgoing and personal. And doctors would say to me, are you an RN? And I say, no. And they said, it sounds like you really understand what you're talking about. And I'm like, I do. (laughs) It's not an RN. And I did well because of my personality. You know, doctors liked me. I was, you know, younger and, you know, flirty and fun. And they bought for me because I have good people skills. And and then I became a mom and mm-hmm. I raised my daughter. And then when she got into middle school, she didn't want me around anymore. Like <laughs> I wanted to be with her friends. I know you yeah. have two teenage girls and yep, I they, know exactly they, what you they, mean. They want you to carry them all around until they're about, you know, until through elementary school. And all of a sudden they want to be with their friends. Yep. So when that happened, I started organizing and it started very organically. I was in someone's closet one day and they, and I was like, your closet's a disaster. (laughs) And she's like, thanks. And I'm like, I'd love to help you. And she's like, you would? And so I came over and we got rid of like, I don't know, three hefty bags of stuff that she hadn't worn that she'd been carrying for years and years. Mm -hmm. And I moved everything around and I moved shelves and I changed her hangers and I like felt high, you know, I was like, oh, I'm in my element. And she said, you should do this for a living. You should charge people. And I went, that's so weird. It never occurred to me to, I love it. It's so fun. Why would I like charge people for this? And then I'm like, oh, wait, wait. (laughs) So it just kind of started that way. And I don't know, I just started getting clients and, and the people started referring me. And in the beginning, I just used whatever containers they had laying around their house. Cause you know, we, we throw out a whole bunch of different things and all of a sudden we'd have empty ones. So I'd reuse their empty ones and just use a label maker label. I look back at my early work and I'm like, I would never do that now. <laughs> but the evolution. But people liked it. And um and I met a girl along the way and she became my assistant. And then all of a sudden we just started getting job after job. And all of a sudden it was too much for just me and one other girl. And and now it's me and six girls. Wow. And I have like six to eight jobs at any given time going on. And it's bonkers. I I when my dad got sick. Oh, I won't cry. Okay. <laughs> I had to um I had to make some additional money for my family because my dad's illness had financial implications on us. Sure. And uh, I remember going, how am I gonna do this? Mm. How am I gonna do this? Will this work? Mm-hmm. Will people pay me for this? Could I make a living off of this? And there was always like I was always making some sort of obstacle or excuse on how this won't work or how will this work. And then I don't know, I read some quote once that's like was something like, you know, the only thing stopping you is you, you know, some of those, all those quotes yeah, yeah. about like, can't think of a good one right now, but that's uh, a good one. The only one you still, only one stopping you is you, you know, it's in, I don't know, all of a sudden I just went for it and I launched the senior moves land in the three month serious, heavy lockdown. Mm-hmm. And no one was moving into communities because um, of COVID and mm-hmm. nobody was moving out and residents that lived there were dying mm-hmm. and they couldn't fill the new spaces. I mean, it was a terrible time to have launched a business, but in the year of 2020, my business took off like a racehorse. Wow. And now I'm, I'm so like, I can do this. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, how can I continue growing and not lose my mind? Cause, mm-hmm. um, there's only one of me. Right. And I have to figure out how to scale and still have a quality of life right with my 
teenager who's leaving in two years to go to college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I just like word vomited all over you. Is no, no, right? but I love word vomits. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't know senior move management even existed. I didn't even know that is such a fantastic business. Well, it's probably because you've never had to move. I have not had to move. So you wouldn't until it happened to you. Right, right. Because I had no idea. It actually is a thing. Mm -hmm. There's a major competitor that does what I do. Big, giant company. I don't know. How, I mean, lots and there's not seven of them. I mean, they're in all of California. Um, it's a thing. I mean, it's a it's a thing. Because you think about me. My parents have been in their house now 52 years. Mm -hmm. My mom's still there. My dad isn't. 52 years. And my mom doesn't throw anything out. Mm. And downsizing a parent out of a home they've lived in decades is a huge job. I mean, lots of people have to take a week of work off to deal with it and moving them. It's it's a huge undertaking. And doing it with your own parent is yeah. hard. I would imagine, <laughs> especially a parent who's maybe ailing or maybe in some stage of dementia or Alzheimer's where they're still with it, but not completely. I would imagine that would be very difficult. Well, yes, but I'm talking more about the, the parent-child dynamic. Oh, I mean, well, yeah. you and I are adults, but we're still children yeah. of our parents. And there's a dynamic that exists. I don't know how old you are, but for me, five decades of, I can say something to my dad and he would react a certain way. But if a total stranger said the same thing to him, he would be more open to it and politer to them than he would be well, to yeah, me. Yeah. And that's just how it is. Yeah. You know, if I was trying to clean Bert's closet and, and he would probably be more <laughs> open to doing that with me than you going, you never wear that. Don't tell me what I wear. That's right. Yeah. So um, navigating it with your own parents, hard. So yeah. having a third person- really helps save the family dynamic because it's already so stressful Yeah, moving your parent into a home. And most parents don't go, yay, I'm moving into a home. It's not like a open arm, here I come journey. Right. It's, it's a hard transition, isn't it? It's a big, it? hard transition. So this house we bought um, from Thel uh, Thelma and David, and they had lived here since 1970. And David passed two years before we bought the house. And Thelma didn't really want to, to leave, but her, her kids, she had, I think two or three kids finally kind of put their foot down and went, you've got to downsize. You don't need this huge house. She was in great health. She was 88, still drove herself to work every day. Her work. husband was a lawyer and she worked in the law firm, still worked in his law firm and uh, was a complete, is still a complete spitfire. But I think it was really uh, what I did <laughs> I wish I'd known about you then is I met, I met Thelma right after we, I love that her name is Thelma. She's amazing. Um, I met her after we had bought the house. She wanted me. She was a spitfire. She said, I know you're coming from a small house. You're not going to have enough furniture for this house. So I want you to walk through this house and tell me any furniture that you want me to leave here. And was it all from 1970? Yeah. All of it. She had a, their master bedroom bed was a gift from Hugh Hefner. Wait, why? Because they were very good friends with Hugh Hefner. So it was That's kind of cool, actually. It was very Did cool. Did you save it for like your guest room or something? No. So I, you guys can be like, we're doing I, Hugh Hefner's that bed. That was the, the mink comforter that it came with. It came with a mink comforter. Of course it did. mink pillows. It's from Hugh Hefner. And it was like. It's not going to be a Bed Bath & Beyond comforter. Oh, no, no, it was not. <laughs> it was pretty snazzy. But no, I ended up giving it to a prop house. Because it was so fabulous. And I was like, I just, I don't, I don't want it, you know? Uh, Hugh Heffer's cool and all, uh, but I just didn't want it. But she ended up. Well, it's probably not the style of you. 
for your new house. No, it was I think it was like white lacquer and it was U-shaped and it had like all these hidden compartments in it so you could keep like supplies, if you know what I mean. Had lights no. that what popped do you out mean, of the side. <laughs> right? It had lights that popped out of these little doors on the side and uh, anyway, she was very proud of that bed, Thelma. She showed me this bed. She told me Hugh Hefner gave it to them, and she really wanted me to keep it. Where is Miss Thelma now? She is in, um, um, I don't does know. Does she live in an assisted living community? She does, in Reseda. <laughs> so they downsized her from this house, which when we bought it was like, I think, almost 3,000 square feet when we bought it. And she moved into like a 1,200 square foot place. That's actually very large for an assisted living apartment. It was very large. Most people we move are into 300, 500, or maybe 700 square feet apartments. Right. Tiny. A 1,200. I mean, my house is 1,500. My house is 1,800. 1,550. So that is a very generous size assisted living apartment for yeah, sure. It is, but. But it's still, it's more than 50% of a downsize from a 3,000. Well, Hugh Hefner's bed would not fit. It did not go. We downsize people out of beds all the time. I moved a senior yesterday to a community here in Van Nuys on Van Nuys and he had a king and I downsized him to a full yeah, or from a king to a queen or from a queen to a full, but he went from a king to a full. Wow. You know, you have to leave a certain amount of space yeah. around all furniture and assist living communities for walkers and wheelchairs and God forbid a gurney needs to come in the room. When you move seniors, you learn a lot of rules. Yeah, imagine. there's different rules that apply to move you and Bert. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's so interesting. So you bring in a certain expertise about seniors to the job, right? Well, yeah, because seniors can't reach high. You have to like about their their upward mobility or bend down low. Uh, a lot of these communities don't have um, any sort of recessed cubby in the shower. Mm. So you don't want their stuff on the ground. You don't want them bending over in the shower. So we always buy these tension rods from Bed Bath yeah. that we put in the corner so that their stuff is eye and bus level. You have to think about like non-slip bath mats. You have to think about, we cable tie all the cords. You know, a lot of them have something called a lift chair. Do you know what a lift mm -hmm. chair is? Because I, I actually didn't. Until oh I yeah, I do. This. Yeah, it's like, it looks like a recliner, but it can actually pick you kind of up it's a, onto it your It does absolutely look like a recliner, but, um, when you, but there's a button that will actually push it forward um, like a, to 70 degrees to give you that assist. Mm -hmm. Cause that's a really common problem mm -hmm. is that when you get in your seventies, eighties and nineties, getting up out of a chair um, is hard. And we've moved. So a lift chair has to be plugged in, mm -hmm. but you also need to leave room away from the wall for it to recline. And, but you have to be mindful of the cord so they can't trip walking. There's all sorts of things, but we've recently moved, um, a, like a few different hundred year olds. Oh my gosh. And one of them, um, her name was Shirley and she was like, I'm too old for this shit. Can I just die now? I mean, she was a, <laughs> and she was a potty mouth. I, it's funny. A hundred year olds just cussing, left, right, dropping <laughs> F-bombs, right? <laughs> And then um, we moved her and her husband. He was 93 and she was 100. Oh, she's both a on cougar. Their, she was both on, they were on their second marriage, both of them. And they both had gay adult children. And she said, we only make them gay. And then, <laughs> um, and then we just moved another 100-year-old named Anne. And she was an Auschwitz oh, wow. um, survivor. Wow. And we just moved another lady named Gita. She was 95 and she was also an Auschwitz survivor. Wow. You meet some super cool seniors. Seniors have- incredible stories, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and some of them have lived through the depression. I mean, some of them, you know, have served in the army and one of the, um, like in wartime, 
And then some of the, we do a lot of moves to a senior community in Woodland Hills called the Motion Picture Television Fund, uh-huh. which I actually didn't know existed either. It's called MPTF. Yep. And if you were in the industry um, and you c- contribute to the funds and retirement, you can move there and retire. Mm-hmm. And you've been, you know, anyone who was a writer, a director, a wardrobe stylist, a producer, a cinematographer. So we do a lot of move-ins there, Leanne, and we meet some really cool people that have made some iconic movies. I would imagine. Or, or starred in, you know, Hello, Dolly, you know, um, Oklahoma, My Fair Lady, you know, like huge Broadway things. You meet some really interesting. So this morning, one of my consults today was with a senior we're moving there. And she's an actress and a Broadway actress. And so you meet some really interesting people. Seniors like to tell stories. They, they do. Have, they have some good stories to tell. They certainly do. I love seniors. I love, I've always, from a young age, just loved my grandparents. <laughs> and not because- <laughs> well, they were Well, no, but I mean, I loved their peers too. I like, like, I would rather sit when I was a kid and hang out with the older people and listen because they have great stories. I love great stories. Clearly, I married a storyteller. So yes, you did. I did. So <laughs> <laughs> did I ever? But um, yeah, I know what you mean. That would be, you know, when Thelma, when I, when I kind of put two and two together. Did she name one of her daughters, Louise? No, no, she only has one daughter, and I don't think her name's Louise. But I know, right? That would have been good. But um, when I was here, I kind of assessed the situation, and I was like, Thelma is having a hard time leaving this house emotionally. Her husband passed away here. He, yeah, can you blame her? No. These are huge transitions. Huge. Huge. And so I thought I, I, her son called me and said, I hear that mom is trying to give you all this furniture. Please don't <laughs> feel like you have to take anything. And I said, let me tell you something. You leave what is hard for her to take. Just leave it. Leave it and tell her that I want it. Yep. Because. I hope she's not listening. And I'll, she's not listening. And I was like, I'll deal Donna. with it. I'll deal with it. I'll get rid of it. You leave it because I can only imagine if my grandmother were in this position, she would be heartbroken and it would be so much harder for her to see that couch go to goodwill than it would be to think that it lived on in this house with this new family. That's a really common thing in general in my business, whether it's organizing or downside as a senior, when people don't need something anymore, they feel better about it going to someone they know. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, they're like, give it to, you know, I'm going to give it to this person. And you're really just transferring your clutter to someone else's house, <laughs> you know, but if you give it to goodwill, the people that go in there and buy it actually want it Yeah. versus you like pawning off the stuff because it makes you feel better somehow that it's going to a human being that, you know, but, um, I think circling back to the senior moves, what makes me so good and so successful at it is the level of empathy mm-hmm. and relatability I bring to the job because, I've done it. Yeah. And uh, 50% of the moves, the adult child is in a panic because mm. their parent isn't happy. Their parents pissed. Some of them are like kind of doing this, like it's a trial, but it's really not. Yeah. <laughs> and they're frightened and they're overwhelmed. And 
Um, and I have absolutely cried with some of my clients, you know, when their daughters and their dads have dementia or Alzheimer's, it hits very close to home. Sure. And um, I get it. Like I told them, like, I get it. I've yeah. done this. I know right now it feels like you're bleeding money because there's all these crazy expenses all of a sudden and you need to make sure their money lasts until they pass. And how are you going to care for them? And it's super stressful. It's yeah. really stressful. And and I think what makes me um, different from my larger competitor is the personal mm-hmm. touch I bring to every job. You know, you you deal with me. I may not be on every job, but I am your point person. Mm-hmm. And um, my reviews are through the roof. I'm so proud of them. And people say things like, she thought of every last detail so I could focus on my emotions. Um, you know, um, I have three words for from for Corey Angel from heaven. Aww. You know, I couldn't have done this without her. I'll never forget her. I mean, it's really rewarding. But yeah. I have to say, if I could do 100% senior moves, I would because they you are would. so rewarding. When you show a senior their new room, I love the ta-da moment, Leanne. They come in and I'm like, do you like it? Look. And, you know, you take the best of their stuff because a lot of seniors start not taking so good care of themselves. Yeah, sure. They stop kind of showering and they have only lean cuisines in their freezer and and they haven't had a maid in forever and it's dirty. Yeah. And, um, you know, they, they don't, they just, they don't care for themselves as much as you and I do. Mm-hmm. And their place is kind of run down and their mm-hmm. furniture's, you know, been with them for decades. Ever, yeah. And so you find the best of their stuff, you know, and you talk to them about like, what do you, you have to take a bed as something to sit in to watch TV that's not your bed, a TV, a dresser, a nightstand. Okay, what else do you want to take? Right. What's going to make this new space feel warm? And when you walk in, you're like, oh, you know, so I walk around with them and I'm like, what's this? Oh, I got that on my honeymoon. Can I bring it? Yeah. Is there room? I will make, is this important to you? Yes. I'm going to find a way to bring it. Right. So they love, they love it. I mean, I talk to them like, and I tell the adult children, like, I'm going to treat your dad like it's my dad, yeah. you know? And so I'm, I'm good at it. I'm really good at it. That's so great. Yeah. The pat on your back for sure. Because I'm not modest. <laughs> no, well, no, no, but you should, because we all should, when we find something that we're really brilliantly specifically and uniquely very good at, that's something you should pat yourself on the back for. It's, it's part of who you are, not just what you do, right? Because who you are, my impression from the one meeting we had was that you're an excellent listener. You have no ego about what's going on. It's not about being right. It's about finding the best solution or the best path. It's not about um, uh, winning anything, uh, like winning an argument or I must have this. It didn't seem to be your mode of operation. It seemed to me that you just wanted the client to be happy. So whatever that takes is what you would do. And a person that is willing to do that has to be a good listener and be compassionate and say, at the end of the day, I don't live in this house. You do. So what does it matter if if I like ABC? It matters if you like ABC. I mean, that was what I got from our well, One that's meeting. a lovely compliment. I'm glad that's what you walked away with. Thank you for sharing that with me. It is, sure. Um, of course, because I was like, oh, she, I, you know, uh, my house is very cluttered. My house has a lot of stuff in it. There's a lot of content. There's a lot of content in that house. And content comes in every week. Yeah. I can't stop it. Yeah. I can't slow it down. Yeah. I just have to, uh, I, I, we say, put a Band-Aid on a bullet hole. We just keep putting band-aids on a bullet hole in that little house because we just don't have room. So when you came, I was feeling very nervous. I was very 
kind of embarrassed, even though my house is, you know, adorable and cute and all that. It is way more cluttered than I would ever like it to be. It's so funny because people always apologize when they bring me in their house. Yeah. They're like, Did I apologize? I don't remember if I apologized. I don't know if you apologized, but um, what you just said about you were a little nervous. I and, was nervous. It's funny. People, people are always like, you know, I'm so sorry. It's so messy. I'm almost embarrassed to show you this. And I'm like, if your place was perfect, I wouldn't be here. Like, right. This is what I do. <laughs> right. When you open up a closet that is like chocker like block mine? full. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd love like, to get into your closet. Uh, I don't know what it says about me to see a giant mess and want to get in there. Like, I like it. I don't know like why, but I see crazy mess, you know, and I want to get in there. Like your garage, like I want to get in there. I, I got just, in there last I, week. You know, I got in there last week. No. Seven hours in there. I spent seven hours. So I was like, when I read your proposal, I was like, I think I can do the home edit myself. The other part of it, I haven't talked to you about it yet. The other part of it, I think I'm going to want Corey to help me with. But I don't know how you do that since you said you talk about all this stuff while we do the home edit. But I got my sister-in-law over and we spent so did. seven hours in my garage. I thought garage. she had a little baby and she couldn't help other you anymore. I have two sister-in-laws. Oh, okay. One has a baby. One is a nanny who is between jobs. She's like a high, high, high end nanny. And when COVID hit her nanny position, um, they were like, let's push pause. And they just kind of got used to running it without her. And now she's uh, looking for another family. And I was like, I got a job. She also runs our merchandise. So if you buy a t-shirt online, she does my merchandising. So she's already on my payroll. And we have an assistant that is on our payroll also. So I well, was like, well, going, he can take goodwill and going she can. through um, your stuff is, is not everybody's wheelhouse. You know, we get people, most people get distracted. They, mm-hmm. there's laundry, there's mail, mm-hmm. there's emails. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> there's lots of other stuff to do. I don't want to deal with this, but you know, I, I actually am not keen to take on moving jobs. If the client doesn't allow me to do the home editing oh. first, um, I'm, I'm, and I actually, I can't even really think of a job where somebody declined me that first part Mm. um, because it really does make sense. Because besides the fact that you don't need to move over to this beautiful new home that you're going to share with your family, all the Mishigosh. Yes. The Yiddish. That's a great word. It's a Yiddish Mishigosh. I've never heard that word. Well, most of the seniors I move are Jewish, right? So I'm pulling out all the Yiddish, (laughs) you know, the Mishigosh. So so Mishigosh means what? Like hodgepodge? Yeah, like Nikki cra- Nikki. Yeah, craziness. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's I don't know. I might, I might even be using I mean, I know I'm using it right, but I'm sure there's some like religious person out there that's going, she's not describing Mishigosh. Right. <laughs> that's not what it means. Uh, but I mean it's 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 a you know, craziness. Um craziness, I want to say. Yeah. I'd have to pull up my Google Yiddish dictionary. <laughs> so um you don't want to move all the 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 Mishigosh to your new place. Mm-hmm. Um this is, you know, in my mind, it has to happen on the front end or the back end. You might as well do it on the front end. Yeah, totally. Because you're also paying movers to pack and move you and they charge by the hour and you don't want to move all this crap. You're paying them to move crap. Totally. But then also the whole benefit to doing that, as I described to you, is that you have dialogue the whole time you're working with that person about how they use things and when they use things so that when we unpack, we don't need the client there right, at all. Right, right. Because we've already had discussions on everything. We've touched every last thing in your house. And I know that you only use this twice a year, but you do use it so it can go high. Yeah, yeah. And I know the things you use all the time I have to go right here. And um, I mean, we've moved a lot of people who go away. Next week, uh, we're moving a family that's going to Arrowhead. 
for the week. They're leaving on Sunday. We're packing them on Monday, moving them on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, unpacking them, and they're coming home. Amazing. To an unpacked house. So, I mean, it's a luxury service. And if you can afford it or want to treat yourself to it, Moving is hard. Moving sucks. Death, divorce, and moving. Super stressful. Yes, they are. I hate <laughs> so, moving. So, um, yeah, no, moving's a pain in the butt. And that's why I'm saying it's hilarious. That this is what I do because I haven't moved in 20 years. That's so funny. Um, and somehow this is how what I ended up doing. But you seem really happy. And, you know, that's the end goal. I talk about this on my podcast all the time. I think it is very brave of a person to start a career and go, this is not for me and try another career. I think that you're at least my, I'm 50 also. And my, well, I'm assuming since you said five decades, you're somewhere in my general area. I am. I'm a little older than you. Are you? If you're an even 50, I'm older than you. I'm an even 50. I'll be 51 in August. So, um, but you know, I, I don't know, for some reason, I, I never thought that changing your career was something someone did. Every single person in my family was a lifelong nurse, lifelong teacher, and has a lifelong mechanic. Everybody's done the same thing for their whole lives. And uh, I think, I know, I thought changing a career meant that you were a quitter, that you just gave up. But as, as a young adult, as a mature adult, I go, no, 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 it's actually smart, brave, and really more in line with who you are to, to try something and say, this isn't a perfect fit for me. So let me try something else. I've had so many jobs. I wouldn't call them careers, but I've had a lot of jobs. And all those jobs I learned something from. And I guess maybe I didn't have as much judgment on that as I thought I did since I was constantly changing jobs. But we talk, well, I guess more we were talking about it with my husband, with people who like start out as an actor. There's so many people who start here as an actor and turn out to be something completely different. And I have a friend that's an actor who now makes like custom uh, in-wall medicine cabinets, like handcrafted, gorgeous medicine cabinets. And you go, well, you didn't graduate from college going, I'm going to make medicine cabinets, but he has like now rented a warehouse and has like a kind of a factory. You know what I mean? It's interesting how people end up certain places very haphazardly. I mean, my, my dad's illness, um, brought me into a career path. You know, it was my way of making lemonade out of a really crappy lemon situation. So you never know what brings people somewhere. I mean, yeah, I'm sure your friend didn't be like, I'm going to make medicine cabinets for a living. No, absolutely not. And now he has tons of people working under him. And I can think of so many people that had similar paths. I think it's good for young folks to hear that. So, you know, you graduate going to be an accountant. It doesn't mean you have to be an accountant your whole life. No, I have a a two undergraduate degrees and a master's in journalism, you know, and I'm really, and I'm a a a professional organizer, but I've been dreaming Leanne. I've been making notes and thinking about being an organizer for years. Have you really? Yeah. And I finally did it. Um, you know, you just made me think of that. I mean, I was thinking about this for a long time, but when my dad got ill and I had to, you know, actually make an income because it started as a hobby. Sure. And it was fine sure. as a hobby. But then when I'm like, this has to actually be a career and a sustainable income. Um, I was like, how the heck am I going to make this work? And now I feel like a superwoman, like I can do this and I can make it bigger. And I mean, I, I never thought I'd have employees and have all these different jobs. You know, I wish I could share with my dad what's going on. Cause he'd be really proud. I'm sure he would be very proud. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he'd be very proud. I actually stopped by my, by the way, my dad lives right around the corner from here. No way. He's on. 
Oh yeah, that's right. That's right up here. And when I was driving here, I'm like, Leah lives right around the corner from my dad. So last night on my way home from my job, I moved to senior and this gentleman has the beginnings of dementia and he's combative. And it, dementia Aww. shows up and it look, Alzheimer's looks different on every single person. Mm. A nurse said to me that when you've seen one case of Alzheimer's, you've seen one case of Alzheimer's. Right. So my dad, you know, um, was very, very intelligent. And I think he'd probably been masking it for a long time because they say when you're more high intelligent, you can function a little longer until finally your brain just cracks. <laughs> so last night I moved a senior um, into an apartment and I, we were done at four 30 and I was driving home down and I saw so I did that quick turn and I just bought my first company car. You did? Yeah, I mean, I know That's it's silly. Exciting. I bought, it's not I mean, silly. How many cars have I had in my life? I mean, I've had, I don't know, six or eight. I mean, I've had, you know, a fair amount of cars in my life. And, but this was like with my company money. Through, That's awesome. My company. And I was so proud of myself. Yeah. I know it sounds so silly. It's just like a car. But so last night I swung by when I saw, I drove down, I turned up. And I went to see my dad and, you know, my dad like lives in bed now in his underwear and his bathrobe <laughs> and he's just constantly in bed. So I went in there and I'm like, daddy, I bought a new car. And he's like, you did. And, and, and you know, you never get, know what you're going to get when you have yeah. an Alzheimer's parent, you know, they can be like sleepy and out of it or mean, or they can almost seem like the person that raised you. So, um, I, I went in and I said, I got a new car what kind of car? It's in the driveway. Will you come see it? And he said, okay. And I was like, amazing. So he got up out of bed in his bathroom and came out and I'm like, look at my new car. And I said, do you want to go for a ride? And he goes, well, I'm in my bathrobe. And I said, so what? Get in the car. Yeah. So he did. I uh -huh. mean, and I know this sounds silly, but like my dad isn't doing anything anymore. So the fact that he agreed to get out of bed and agreed to get in my car. So I ran inside. I said, I'm taking my dad just so you know. And I ran back out. And I took him for a drive around the block in my car and I, you know, told him about my business and how much money I've made. And, you know, I know it sounds silly, but you don't talk, get to talk about your income with other people. Uh -huh. So I wanted to tell my dad, like, daddy. Because <laughs> you're proud of yourself, as you should be. Yeah, I am. You should be. So, um, well, <laughs> but it's just cool to share with your dad. Of course. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> That's one of the people you should share it with yeah. is your dad. What a special moment. Well, you know, you get very few special moments when they have Alzheimer's. So yeah. when you get them, you're like, Ugh. yeah, you hold on to them. I, I would imagine so. Now, I just moved the tissue box yesterday. Remember I, get, <laughs> I, I Actually, this morning, I moved it. The other Can you bring back Rosé? <laughs> Do you make people cry all the time? That's why you, you, you have tissue? I don't make people cry all the time. Did you he did say that. I, <laughs> I don't make people cry. People just tend to cry. I don't know. I have this thing I've always had my whole life. And uh, it's, um, I have this thing where people talk to me like that. Always have. They'll tell me things that mean a lot to them. I've, I'm very lucky for whatever reason. That's one of the gifts that I get um, from the universe is that I get to share moments like that. It's happened to me since I was very, very young. People I barely know will tell me very intimate and, and important things like that. Um, it's just one of my gifts from God, <laughs> I guess, because <laughs> I feel like it's very special that you feel safe enough to tell me how you feel about that is, is um, 
very special. And that is a reflection of who you are, but also who I am, that I'm a person that you feel you could share that with. Um, that was very- yes, you and all your, your uh, viewers. <laughs> you know, my viewers, I guess. I forget they're here. I just feel like I'm here with you. So, which is kind of what I wanted when I started my podcast. I felt like I'm so lucky to have so many women and some men in my life that I call really close friends that are just genuine, kind, compassionate, funny, uh, fearless. Decent human beings. People, yes. And we have a blast. And when I started my podcast, I wanted two things to happen. I wanted to learn something every episode. Didn't have to be major, but I wanted to learn something. And then I wanted everybody who came back week after week to feel like they knew everybody here, even if it's the first time they were on the podcast. So I kept thinking, I want to do something that's like The View, but not at all like The View, (laughs) because I don't want it to be produced. I don't want to have to have something regimented. And I think... um, that's part of the appeal. And it's maybe part of the reason I don't have as many listeners as I could have, because, you know, I don't have a consistent theme. It's not this week and talking to, you know, this week I'm talking to a comedian's wife. Next week I'm talking to my kids. The next week I'm talking to somebody about taxes. The next week I'm talking about, you know, I have two girlfriends and we drink and just get dirty and nasty. And then this week I'm talking to you. And then, but that's what I like because I think that's what makes life rich. It's not just talking about one thing or staying in one lane. I've never stayed in one lane ever. I mean, I've never just had one job at a time. I've always had, you know, multiple. I mean, when I was really struggling here trying to be a writer, I was writing scripts, managing an apartment building, waiting tables and selling Avon all at the same time. Avon? I sold Avon at my waitress job. So I would, I would, I, I worked at Lowry's, the prime rib. Mm Mm-hmm which has a large staff of waitresses. So I would like shuffle out my catalogs. And then by the end of the night, I'd take up all my order forms. Is that still in business, Avon? Avon, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. They just kind of revamped their whole, I mean, I don't sell Avon anymore. It must be a a, a generational thing, right? Because I mean, it seems like a senior thing. I think it's probably a senior thing, but it's a different... uh, culture also. Um, a lot of customers here locally are Latino. So I think culturally it's in different pockets in LA. Avon was huge when we were young. Yeah. Huge when we were young. And I think it is not that huge, but they also have this one, <laughs> not to be selling Avon again, or right? 20 years later. Avon plug. I know I sold Avon 20 years ago, but. Avon sponsoring this. I know, right? Avon. Hey, hit me up, Avon. No, Landshark. Um, uh, they have this one line of product called Anu that is actually critically acclaimed, really great line of skincare. Um, that has like uh, retinol and all kind of crazy stuff in it. And all the things I read about it is it's on par with a lot of really expensive skincare, that particular line of Avon Anu, and it's their high end. But for Avon, high end is not, it's still very affordable. So that was kind of what I was selling. And I know they've just kind of revamped the new line and kind of brought it to present and are really trying to push that again. So yeah, Avon's still here. That's crazy. And I couldn't believe I sold Avon. I mean, 20 years ago was what, 2000? Yeah. So (laughs) in 2000, I was selling 
Avon. Um, can't believe next year's 2022. I can't it sounds even so about futuristic. It. I, can't believe it. I just got an email yesterday about my daughter's senior portraits. So is she graduating in 2022? 22. And I was like, what? I have to call that college coach she gave me that name of. I've called one. Suzanne. I want to call your lady as well. I can't believe that they're going to, my girl, that could make me cry too, that my daughter's leaving my house in tears. I'm interviewing for an assistant right now, if you know somebody. And um, the thing I keep telling people over and over and over is I need my nights back. I have the whole, my daughter's entire sophomore year I lost. Mm. I was at my computer until 11 o'clock every night oh, running my business. No, you can't do that. Anymore. And um, I'm, I hired a lady for six weeks who just didn't understand what I needed. And so we parted ways. And um, so I'm looking again and I just keep telling people, I need my nights back. Yeah. I have two more years with my daughter living under yeah. the same roof as me. And now she just got her license and she does not home on the weekends. She yeah. wants to be with her friends, yeah. which I totally understand. And yeah. It is normal and developmentally appropriate. Totally. But I need to see her at night because yeah. I am so busy taking care of all my clients and all their homes. Mm -hmm. The funny thing is things are not happening at my own home. And I used to be very <laughs> on top of that, you know, repairs you know, everything. And so things at my own home are falling through. So I'm looking for some, uh, some backup. I have an interview this morning, one last night, I have one tonight. Like I'm just fiercely looking for the right person who's going to have my back. I need a woman to have my back. Yes. Yes, you do. It sounds like you are incredibly busy, which is really great. Yeah, no, I, I do. I really love it. I mean, I love going to work and it is fun and it is rewarding. Um, the relationships I make. And it's funny, you get so close with a family when you're moving them and then they're moved and you don't talk to them ever again. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, well, we were really liking each other. <laughs> Bye. Good luck in your house. Good luck. <laughs> so what is your, what is the hardest part of your job? Um, it's a lot of planning. I mean, moving a family is a lot of planning. Mm. It's a lot of planning. Uh, but the the part of the organizing I like the least is the shopping and the product that you have to procure. It's a lot of shopping. Oh, yeah? <laughs> and you think like shopping. Who doesn't like shopping? But um, why is that hard? Is it hard because you... You, you, you get three of this and you really needed two of the other? Or? Well, I, I always overshop. Uh -huh. So I tell my clients, do not be afraid if I show up with 20 bags. Yep. Um, I'm going to only use 10 of them, but I want to have options. We yep. play Tetris with everything and we return what we don't use. Uh, well, it's hard because right now uh, the stores are still really poorly inventoried. Mm. So I, I often have to go to three or four different places to get what I need for just one job. Ugh. And I'm the only one on my team who has the big honking car. Ah. And so I do have people that shop for me now, um, but they have regular cars. Right. So uh, I, it often still requires me to go do stuff. I don't know. I just don't enjoy the shopping, all the planning and the product. It's not my most favorite part, but, but the transformation of you know, like your pantry is got a lot of stuff in it. Yeah, and if yeah. you weren't moving into yeah. a new pantry and you said, come just do this pantry, you know, the whole transformation, I just love the whole process of pulling everything out and grouping everything together and product planning and 
deciding where everything is going to go and then putting it all back in with labels. So it's functional. So like every category is together, the baking's together, the sweet snacks are together, the savory snacks are together, the pastas together, the breakfast foods together. You know, most people just keep buying stuff over and over because they can't find what they have. They don't know where it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they find it later on and, and they're like, already bought this again. And in pantries too, there's all this. I mean, I have found food in pantry that expired in 1999. What? <laughs> Like two years ago, we found, I was like, we have a winner. Because when we're cleaning out pantries, you're like, what's the best expiration date you found? I'm like, I just found a 2007 can of corn, you know? <laughs> you know, like people have like some old stuff lurking yeah. in their pantry, you know, like spices. This one, oh. this one guy was like, spices don't expire. I'm like, they do. This is, <laughs> this is from, you know, 2010. It's 2021. Right. Not only is this 11 years past its expiration, but it was packaged like three years before that. Right. And clearly you're not using it. <laughs> exactly. You're not using like it. Like if you were using it, it right. would be gone and yeah. you'd have a newer one. <laughs> it's funny what people fight you over keeping too, you know, like, what if I need that? And I'm like, have you? You will have you haven't you been using it. <laughs> so you end up becoming like this little mini therapist when you're organizing people's homes because some people have unusual attachments to things. You know, I was with a, a potential new client yesterday and she saves cards. Like cards people have sent her? Correct. Mm-hmm. And I talked to her about losing her cards and she actually started to tear up. Oh, It was like such a... a a touchstone for her. And I had another lady who was talking to me about um, her garage and they did construction and they had to, they were um, drawing walling the interior and they had to pull everything out and they put it in a tent while this was all happening. And there was like some crazy LA rainstorm and the tent collapsed (gasps) and destroyed everything inside of it. And she said she actually was secretly relieved that it was all gone. Oh my God. (laughs) So, um, You know, it's interesting people's attachment to stuff because about 50% of the time when we move senior into a new assisted living community, the family will ask us to come back and deal with all the content that didn't move. Right. So after the people have picked their few bits and bops, tchotchkes, that's another. Yes, I know tchotchkes. They take their tchotchkes. They take the things they want to take. They say, do with what you will the rest. So we divide it up into donates, trash, e-waste removal, recycling, and we bring in all the various vendors and get everything taken away. And Mm -hmm. we can close down a house in like two days. And what's interesting about this process is that in the end, it's just stuff. Yeah. And nobody wants other people's stuff. Right. A lot of it's trash too, because donuts only looking at things they can immediately turn around and resell. Mm -hmm. And people think like, oh, you can donate it. Oh, you can donate it. And some people are like, so you just say, okay, you're donating it, but you're actually, no, you're not going to donate it because it's not donatable. Right. Um, But I do try to donate everything because I want to put as little as possible into landfills. And we do, we take paint to paint stores to recycle. We take e-waste to an e-waste recycling plant here Mm -hmm. in North Hollywood. We take e-waste to Staples. We take batteries to hardware stores. I mean, we recycle as much as possible and we put donates as much as possible, but some stuff is just trash. But in the end, it's just stuff, you know, and we fill our homes with stuff. And I, I find that most of my clients, after we organize their home, tell me that it brings a mindfulness moving forward of what you allow in your house. Because people like you and Bert, you go to events and you get stuff. Mm-hmm. People give you things and you bring it home 
and you took it because it was free or you don't want to be rude. And then you put it in your house and then it just starts to accumulate into this mountains of stuff. And people always feel bad about giving away. It was a gift. Mm -hmm. Okay. One, that person's never gonna come to your house and be like, where's that gift I gave you? (laughs) Right. And two, if they do, that's um, weird. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> uh, but that wasn't my two, actually. What was my two? Oh, my two was um, nobody wants you to keep things out of guilt. No, that's Nobody true. wants you to hold on to something because of guilt. No. That's the thing that we usually donate the most. So like, this was a gift. This was a gift. Because things you mindfully go and buy, you usually, I mean, we've all made spontaneous, like, I'm going to use this purchase and you never do. But most of the stuff we end up donating from people's homes was gifts. Hmm. And we've worked recently with a lot of high profile people who are big Instagram influencers and they get sent a lot of stuff because people wanted them to put on their Instagram and talk about it. And they have houses full of all this stuff. Yeah. And it starts to feel very overwhelming and overbearing. It's like, it does. It's too much. It and, is. and you know that. Yes, I do. Um, it's very so it's kind generous of, of people to send their stuff. It's really nice. But um, if Bert gets another hat, I might jump off the roof. We've gotten so many hats and people get so excited. They want him to wear a hat. Everybody that's listening, Bert is a size eight head. He cannot wear a snapback hat. And I get probably five or six snapback hats a week. I didn't week. know they had ha- sizes. How does he, he know what his head size is that you can measure your head? Yeah, hat size. I didn't know. You know that. Men used to wear felt hats all the time back in the day. And they come in sizes? Yeah, they come in sizes. Do you know what size your head is? No. I, I think my official size is P. I have a P head, <laughs> tiny head. I don't know my hat size now. I actually have, I think I do have a big head because whenever I am occasionally in a hat store and trying a hat, they mm-hmm. never fit. Mine go down all the way past my ears. Yep, not mine. My eyebrows. Mine's the I have a P head. Can't even hold it. But Bird's head is so big. That's <laughs> a snapback hat. How big is it? It's so big that the snapback hats sit like almost a, like a yarmulke. They're crazy looking. They sit right on the very top of his head. So, and all these sweet people send these hats. hats. Yeah. I mean, I'll get like three or four in a box sometimes and I just go, It is so nice. It comes from a good place. A hundred percent. But it's overwhelming. It is overwhelming. Every day, this one lady I work for who's a famous person, every day she came home, there was stuff on her desk, on her front porch. And she was like, it's really, it just becomes overwhelming. It's nice that people want to do this, Yes, but it is overwhelming. It is like nonstop stuff coming in your house. Yes, I currently have four cases of rub, like meat rub from multiple different people. And well, you have garage. to be careful what you say when you're a public person because you say yes. something like, you know, I'm not drinking enough water. And then, and then all of a sudden, sudden you, have liquid death. you get a buttload of water. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> That's so true. And I don't want to sound ungrateful, very grateful for everybody's generosity, but it is overwhelming. The flip side of it is, um, it is overwhelming, you know, to have. S- so many packages come every day and then not know what to do. Especially, I feel bad to give away those snapback hats that won't even fit him. Like he can't, you wouldn't want him to wear your I hat. Have, I have <laughs> this conversation with people all the time when we're organizing, you know, I feel bad, I feel bad. But but I've never had anyone call me and go, God, I wish I hadn't given that away. I mean, it's the exact opposite feeling. When we organize someone's home, the first step is always the edit. Removing what you are not using you don't need and you don't love. And I find everyone tells me afterwards, 
how good it felt. Oh yeah. We are moving another lady, a family that's going to Michigan for the summer. They're having some work done in their house. We're moving them out. We're moving them back in. Same thing. They're going away. We're taking care of it all that's while amazing. they're gone. I mean, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's if you cool. can, if you can have this kind of luxury service, it is so cool. So, um, we walked through her house and I said, we're going to take two days, two girls, two days. We'll do the downstairs in one day, the upstairs in the second day. And uh, both days at the end, I check in with my team. I check in with the client. And the second day they're like, she was ruthless today. She was fierce. I mean, she got rid of so much stuff. So I called her up and I went, I heard you were ruthless today. And she says, you know, I'm so embarrassed. I, I was embarrassed that they saw I had so much stuff. And I said, how do you feel? And she goes, it felt really good. Yeah, it does. It's really like cathartic. And it, like I said, it, it really does bring a mindfulness moving mm-hmm. forward. I don't need this stuff. Right. I need family dinners. Mm-hmm. I need bowling nights. I need big backyard barbecues. I need trips to Hawaii. You know, the rest of it's just stuff. When yeah. we're on our deathbed, we're not thinking about, all that clothing or, or I don't know. The coffee table you picked up on a flea market. Yeah. You're thinking about the memories and the love and like me driving with my dad last night in his bathrobe. Yeah. Telling him, you know, what I'd made so far this year. And like, those are the things, you know, that I'll remember at the end, not this cute red jumpsuit. Yeah. It's very true. Very true. You lose sight of that. Right. And I'm, I'm the worst at saying, because I wear the same basic outfit every day, jeans and a casual shirt, jeans and a casual shirt. Then I hold on to like dressy clothes, so to speak, because I wear them so infrequently that I'm afraid I'll need something and not have it. Well, so, you might, cause you guys do things. You, you well, know, you, no, not you, that dressy. I mean, like a cute, like actually, well, like what you're wearing to me, I would wear that on a date. You know, I'd wear that like a girl's night out or a picnic or something, but I don't. I just wear jeans and a shirt. Well, the expression is you wear 20% of your wardrobe 80% of the time. I would say that's accurate. We all migrate to the same things, the same shoes, the same sweats. Yeah. You know, we all are, you know, we have our favorites. Yeah. I am not into impetuous purchases. I'm actually quite thoughtful before I spend my money. I'd rather spend my money on ski trips. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, summer travel with my girl and um, a nice dinner out with my friends, you know, and hosting people at my house. I'd rather do those kind of things. I really, as I, you know, when I was younger, I wanted a nice purse and I wanted fancy shoes. Like I wanted those things when I was younger. Now I don't want to spend that kind of money on a purse or a pair of shoes. Yep. Um, although I do want an orange purse. Uh, well, but, that, can, that can be, yeah. But um, but I, I, you put value on different things. And, you know, working with seniors is incredibly sobering because you see at the end, um, you know, they're telling stories. Yeah. About life and love and travel. You know, it's, it's, that's what we take to our end. That's true. It's the relationships and experiences that you take, right? Yeah. Not your stuff. stuff. It's not your stuff. Yeah. That's very true. So what do you think is, um, the most important thing in your house? I don't know that, I don't know how to really word this question. If you could only keep one part of your house highly organized, what would it be? (laughs) You know, I I I did a, a a major influencer's house the other day, and she put me on her Instagram. And she goes, "What's your favorite thing to organize?" And I was like, "Kitchens, no pantries, no closets, no garages." And, she, <laughs> and I was like, "I don't know, I love it all." And she goes, "It's like asking who your favorite child is. You know, you can't you can't pick one." Um, um, 
I I personally need order in my life. Mm-hmm. And so when people call me, I get a lot of last minute calls. I'm moving next week and I thought I could do this myself. Or I've been moved and there's 300 boxes around me and I thought I could unpack myself. And they're in a panic. And I'm like, oh my God, like I would, if I couldn't find my stuff, I like to know where my stuff is. Mm-hmm. My husband is um, very ADD mm. and he loses everything. Mm. And I don't know what that's like. And, <laughs> and it's one thing it, that he loses his stuff all the time. But when he touches my stuff and loses it, like my car keys, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it, it puts me a little upside down. Like yeah, I too. like to know where my stuff is. Me too. One thing, if you want to lose your stuff, don't touch my stuff. Yeah. You know, he took our daughter to get, um, a renewed passport and he needed the original birth certificate and I did not want to give it to him. Yeah, yeah. Because I was afraid he'd lose it. Yeah, same. I have the same husband. <laughs> and then who gets husband. to replace it? It yeah. would be me. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, I, I like order. I don't know if I could pick one place in my house. You know, I, I like, I like order. I don't know if I could answer your question. I like it all. I like it all. You know, I like I'm it all too. Equal opportunity order. An equal opportunity order girl, <laughs> lady, mama. <laughs> I'm that way too. Actually, um, I grew up with two very tidy, very organized parents, and I'm an only child. And then I married the Tasmanian devil, who just spews things from his person from the minute he walks over the threshold. Early in our marriage, when he was traveling so much, and that doesn't make you bonkers. It makes me insane. I actually had to have a conversation with myself when I figured out I was in love with him to say, can you actually do this? Like, can you actually, because you're not actually going to be able to change his chaos. And if you do, then you're not the woman that you want to be because you don't enter a relationship with the intention of changing the other person. In my opinion, I felt like then I would be, uh, like bait and switching him. No, no, I'm cool with your behavior. By the way, your behavior is changing. But I couldn't do that. That's just not how I function. So I knew I had to walk. I was walking in eyes wide open. And if I was going to walk ahead with this, I was going to have to accept that you're a big woman. You're a large, large, big woman. Well, some days I'm pretty small because I get super aggravated. Yeah, because I am losing my patience more and more with it. The, um, the, the losing things constantly gets really old. Oh, but yes. I, um, I, I actually talked about you the other day with a client. I didn't use your name, but I said, uh, I was t- reiterating the story about how you have a deal with your girls about how they keep their room. Because mm-hmm. I was at a client's house. I can't even remember whose client, but I did tell the story about um, that you made that deal and you're a lady of your word. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I was thinking like, you're a bigger person than I am. (laughs) Whose was it now? I want to know because, um, she was saying, just don't go in there. Don't go in the room. And I'm like, but I have to put away the laundry and then I see the mess and I want to fix it. Right. (laughs) But I'm saying it's, it's, this is me. This says something about me. Right. Like, and I recognize that, like, I don't like a mess. I I like to know where stuff is. Mm -hmm. I'm that way too. So for big people listening, here's my deal. I read a book that said, you know, kids, uh, girls, high school, teenage girls need uh, some autonomy. So you have to find some place in the house where they can just have full ownership of it. And what the woman in the book recommended was that it's their room. And if you can't tolerate their room, it's their bathroom. If you can't tolerate their bathroom, it's their closet. But my kids share a bathroom that the house shares. So I couldn't give them autonomy there. 
and their closets are tiny. So that to me, that was a bum deal. So I said, whatever you do in your room, uh, just no food, no sugary drinks, no like no sodas, because that brings bugs. And other than that, your room is your room. If you keep it messy, if you can't see the floor, if you don't dust for nine months, if you don't change your sheets for 18 days, I don't really, I make them change their sheets because I think that's just gross. But, and they actually want to change their sheets. Um, Then that's fine. And the doors just stay closed. But I get the rest of the house the way I want it. So they have to put away their shoes. They have to help me clean the kitchen. They have to. Do they? Yeah, they do. They do. It was a deal. I was like, this is a deal. You get this. And I, I get, get that. So how are they going to move their rooms? Are they going to pack them themselves? Well, the Rainbow Movers came uh, a couple days ago to give me a bid for, I haven't gotten the bid yet. Isla wants them to pack everything. And, you know, Isla and I edited her closet. I think uh, I told yep, you, you did. Before, yeah. And, and she did everything. She's like six hefty right. bags or something. Uh, eight. It was eight garbage bags left. So I feel like her room's in, although messy, is in good shape to move as far as content's concerned. Mm -hmm. So I made a deal with her. We're going on a trip. When we get back from the trip, I need the room completely organized. So when they come to move it, it's moved properly. So they don't have, you know, shoes in a box with a lamp. So it's all kind of... They will. And I know they will. But Georgia doesn't want anyone to pack her room. She wants to pack it herself. I have tried to inspire her to edit it now. And she is just not into it. But she, she, yeah, but that's will, why though. you hire a professional because your daughter is going to do this with you because your mother and daughter, and she'd yes. be more responsive to a total stranger for some I stupid agree. reason than she will be to you. And that's just how it is. I completely agree <laughs> with you. At the same time, I wonder if I'm crossing my deal, right? My deal is your room is your domain. That's but you're moving. Deal. But you're that's moving. Like a, I don't know. That's like an, an asterisk. asterisk somewhere. <laughs> Except when moving. I have to. Re- did have you to not read that. the fine print? I, oh, sorry, Georgia. You didn't sign that contract, did you? You just verbally. I'll have to. Yeah, I'll have to revisit that's that. That's why I like to do the editing because it's really un- frustrating to unpack boxes that have a shoe and a lamp in it. Like, oh, totally. Like it's it makes the move, the unpack longer. And when I estimate a bid and I give a client a bid, I like to stick to it. I like to actually go a little high and come in under because nobody yeah. wants to come in here and be like, oh, it's actually higher. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So that's why I don't like to really take a job where I wasn't involved in the front end. Because totally. our service, you know, we do the editing. We hire the movers. I refer my movers, my movers. I used to pack, but now I don't even pitch my packing services because it takes us it takes us like three times as long as it takes the movers because sure. we do things in a very methodical way. We inventory every box, we color code it, we number series every box. We know the exact content. We pack everything like girls. You do it right. Men go, bang, yeah, right. <laughs> shove it in a drawer, uh, take a drawer and dump it in a box. So uh, we hire the movers, they pack them, they move them. We're there to oversee the packing day, the moving day, and then we're there the next day, unpack the whole house. We hire somebody to come in, mount the art, mount the TVs. We bring in trash guy to take away all the trash, and the whole thing is done. Right, and you know it's it's a it's a it's a not an inexpensive service, but you know there if there's something priceless to be put on the fact that you can be functioning like you've already been there for years within a matter of days. Yeah, that is especially if you all work and have careers yeah. and have children and have ailing parents to care for. You know you you don't have the time or the mental bandwidth 
to, to put it all away and put it away in a way that we would put it away. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like there isn't cold and flu in every bathroom of your house when we're done. It's in one bag, one box, one container, somewhere that we've talked about and it says cold and flu. Right. In a really cute label and a really cute container. <laughs> <laughs> looks good too. Dun, dun, dun. Functions and looks good. Well, I'll revisit it with Georgia because same, same rule went for her as went for Isla. When we get back from this trip, I need everything totally organized so a shoe doesn't get in the box with a lamp. And she told me she would do that. And I was like, maybe then you could edit too. But I don't know. She's being, you know, 16. Yeah, I have 16. a 16 on right now too. I know you know what I'm talking about. I did edit my kitchen too. Three hours, five boxes. You know, gone. I'm really proud of you because uh, most people say they'll do it and they don't. Oh, no, I'm not that person. <laughs> I'm not that person in any capacity. I am someone who believes Did deeply feel good? in my word. Yeah, felt great. And my sister-in-law came over, uh, same thing. She was like, I can give you half day on Tuesday. I was like, perfect, half day's the kitchen. I can give you full day on Thursday. That's the garage. So that's what we did. We did the kitchen, the garage, which were my big heavy lifting. And then when right. I get back, I'm going to do my closet. Yeah. Believe it or not, Bert and his two sisters already did his closet. I know, you told it's me. just very cluttered. Yeah. Um, do you have a bigger closet here? Yes. Bigger You're closet. You're going to have to show me. We have, I will. And I want to see your pretty wallpaper in your pantry. Okay. Yeah. I'll show you all of it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, when I come back, I'm going to do that. And then I had already edited the cabinets in my living room pretty recently and organized them. I'm like you, where, although this is a question for listeners too. My pantry is organized exactly the way you explained it. Baking is all on the top shelf. Breakfast is half of this shelf. Mm -hmm. Rice is in one thing. Pasta is in one thing. Canned goods are all in one place. Jars are in one place. Okay, what's your question? Um, I have nuts in one basket, uh -huh. popcorn in one yeah, basket. that's right. Um, I sometimes resist the container <gasps> because I go, the millimeters of the sides of the container could contain stuff. <laughs> So the, tell me why that's wrong. The container is your friend. <laughs> why? Uh, well, what I like about the container, whatever material size and shape it is, is that it gives a boundary to that category. Mm. If you don't put things in a container, they will migrate all over the place. And also visually, it allows you to do a super quick inventory before you Instacart or go to Trader oh, Joe's that's and smart. be like, oh, we have a ton of pasta. Yeah. But we're almost out of breakfast food. Right. You know, we have a lot of cans, but we have almost no snacks. So when your food is in containers and in categories, it's super easy to do a quick visual inventory and be like, yeah, I'm out of that. Got a lot of that. And if you don't put them in containers, they'll just migrate all over the place because people always say like, are your systems sustainable? Do they really work? And um, they do because you have to really be trying to mess things up by putting the batteries where the first aid go. Yeah, right. Like you have to really be trying to mess this right, up. Right, right, right. Because the light bulbs go there. And if you put it where the cold and flu goes, you're just blatantly <laughs> trying yes, to mess yes. this up. You're throwing a wrench the in The batteries totally. go with the batteries. Yeah, it says batteries. <laughs> it says batteries. See this cute container and that pretty little label? Yep. They go there. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so you have to be really trying to mess it up to mess it up. No, I have had a couple clients who are just shoppers. Uh, yeah, that and would they be my husband, have yeah. messed it up because I'll I'll come over to their house and they just got a case of hand soap and their back stock area of hand soap is already chock full. And I'm like, did you not look in your special area? I made you. I you have twelve hand soaps. Why'd you order twelve more? They were on sale. 
Oh. <laughs> you know, people do that. It was a good price. I couldn't pass it up. Did you need it? No. It was a good. And you don't end up using those things because no, you have no. too much of it. Yeah. And then one day you're in a store and you see more and you buy more of it again. And then you ha- you literally never get through it all. Yeah, it's true. I buy things when I need them. That's uh, very true. The only things I really buy in bulk are paper towels, toilet paper, and um, paper plates because we entertain a ton. So I buy like the jumbo giant because we'll go through it in like two months. And then, um, you're going to have some entertaining here. I have one or two parties. Maybe I think backyard, you could have a wedding here. I think so. That was what I, uh, that's what I, how I got this house. I said to Thelma, I wrote her a letter before I met her because I knew I saw the contractors swarming because this yard is so big. They could put multiple houses on this lot for LA um, and I wrote her this really nice letter and said, I'm not tearing your house down, which I did not. Um, I am, I am not changing much about the property. I could see my grandkids here. I could see my kids getting married here. I am staying here for 25, 30 years. And she told me that's why we got the house. You know, I didn't know, cause I've bought a, I've only owned one house and I'm yeah. still in it. So I didn't know that was a thing. Cause I've had a couple of the people mm-hmm. tell me that you write a letter mm-hmm. to the seller. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I don't think... And it, they read your letters and that's part of how they decide? I didn't even know that was a thing. I think it depends on the seller. I think people write letters and some sellers don't care. Some sellers just want the money. But Thelma had lived here since 1970. My parents have been in their house since 1970. My parents bought their house for $70,000 oh in 1970 God. and they live in the Hollywood Hills. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, right? Real estate. Don't yes. sell it if you can help it. Totally. Well... I think it definitely was the deciding factor for Thelma. She told me on that day that she had me shop her furniture. That a Hugh, con- Hugh Hefner's bed. Hugh Hefner's bed, yes. She uh, said a contractor had offered her $50,000 over asking no matter what the asking price was, no matter what, because he wanted the property. And my letter is what she said, no. I want this to continue as it was, yeah. as well, a family home. Well, if you've been home. in a house for 50-something years... I could see um, how that would be a heartstring that would pull on her heartstrings. Yeah, it did. She And she said to me that day, we were so happy here. I raised my kids here. I guess they moved in when their daughter was like seven. Raised my kids here. We had um, parties for political candidates here. We've had Hugh Hefner and his big gang over all the time. We have so many good times in this property. I just wanted to give it to someone who continues yeah, to have that's my whole point times. of everything I've been saying. I mean, <laughs> yeah. those are the things you take to yeah. the end with you. The memories, the pool parties, the barbecues, the bat mitzvahs, the christenings, whatever. I mean, that's the stuff. Yeah. Not all the stuff, the material things. It's right. family and love and friends. Yeah. So do you feel like a regular, not this, that's a, let me back it up. Somebody uh, at home listening who doesn't have access to someone like you, who may be in a small town. Yep. Right? I'm from a town of 1,600 people. I don't know that there are any, there may be some home organizers in my hometown. I haven't lived there in a long time. But I would be surprised if that was a sustainable industry in my small town. Yes, of course, yeah. How would you recommend someone approaching a home edit for themselves if that's something that's not available to them? Start small. Start small. Start small. Yeah, I always tell people just start. Just start. Pick one drawer in the dresser oh, and tomorrow okay. do the second drawer. Awesome. And I bet you the day you'll actually maybe do two drawers because it will feel so good. You'll be like, 
yeah, I can do this. I got 10 more minutes. What else can I get rid of? Yeah. You know, once you start, it's pretty like, ooh, that felt good. Yeah. I want to get in there now. You know, like just start. Yeah. And, you know, I get we all have a lot of stuff to do. Just do your nightstand drawer today. Yeah. And tomorrow, you know, go in the kitchen, just do that top drawer on the far right that you can barely open now. You mean the junk drawer? The junk drawer. Yeah. I've been in kitchens that have like four or five junk drawers. And I'm like, I'm sorry. That's not good. That's, that's not too okay. many junk drawers. That's not okay. Yeah, you have too many junk drawers. You combine. But like I say it in a cute, friendly way, you know, because you don't want to like come out across as like judgmental because no. then people don't want you in their home. But I say it in a cute, teasing way, like four junk drawers. Oh, <laughs> come on. This is three too many. You got three too many junk drawers, lady. <laughs> right? So yeah, I mean, just start small. I mean, if you don't have the income or... um just can't imagine yourself ever spending money on a service like that. Just start, just go into your closet and just do the top shelf in the closet. Yeah. And then maybe the next day, maybe do the ground in the closet. Right. And then over the weekend, actually get through the stuff on the rod. Just start. Yeah. But I promise you, once you start, you're going to be like, oh, that felt good. Feels so good. Oof. And what you don't have do? to go to the container store to buy. You could go to the dollar store. Totally. You could go to Marshall's, um, Home Goods. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in Home Goods yesterday, and you know how they like have you loop this long line, yes. and there's all that like at Sephora, you know, and there's all these things in line that yes. you could, like potentially last minute end up buying. They had um, a lot of bins and containers, baskets and stuff in the long line to get to the cash till. And I mean, it doesn't have to be expensive. Organizing right. doesn't have to be expensive. And again, you could reuse other containers you have in your home. But the level of people I work with want it all to look good. And I have to say, it makes me do a little twitch if it's like not all matching. Because <laughs> I, I want to stand back and have my ah moment. Like, ah, the transformation is super rewarding. I don't know why, but we really love it. I mean, we really geek out on it. Well, I think you could probably achieve that to some level, even from the Dollar Tree. You know, I bought these cute little gray bins at the Dollar Tree that I used for a birthday party where we had like outdoor movie night and I made a concession stand and I organized all the candies by category, like sweet, <laughs> sour. So you got it in you. Oh, honey, I got it in me. I just married someone who's a lunatic. If he could help me out, that'd be great. No, I did like little containers for every category of snack. And then everybody got a caddy. That had like three compartments in it. So one caddy held their soda. One caddy was the perfect size for a popcorn holder thing. You know, those little <laughs> popcorn boxes. And then they could put snacks or whatever in the big container. And uh, I was like, that looks, it looked, I mean, every kid that came to that party was like, this looks like a Pinterest, like something someone did like professionally. And I bought every single thing at the, at the Dollar Tree. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm not going to reuse it. I'm going to donate it to like the local church so they can use it for preschool stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be expensive for, for sure. Um, as long as there's some sort of container. Yes. It could be, even be a shoe box, you know, mm. if you don't have the money to go. Because the container store is not inexpensive. No, it's not. Uh, but they do have really nice stuff. They do. Yes, <laughs> it is It is pricey. It is primo. And it's great. But it's, it's not, also one-stop shopping for someone like me. Cause it I is, yeah. Because, you know, you're paying for my time. So for me to go to Target and to Marshall's and to Home Goods and to Bed Bath & Beyond, you know, they might as well just let me go to container store because then you're not paying for my time to go all these different places. Exactly. Exactly. But it's, it is, I love the container store. I've, they've done 
every closet but two in my house. I'm a big fan. I love everything about them. But I grew up, I would have never been able to afford the container store. Oh, yeah. No, so, it's a luxury it's place. A luxury. It's, it's pretty fun. So yeah, it's, it's not sweet. Dollar Tree. No, it's, it's not, not Dollar, Dollar Tree. Tree. But Dollar Tree, not too bad. You Dollar can Tree find stuff bad. Dollar Tree, too. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to me about all this. It was well, really thank fun. you for being interested. <laughs> I'm super interested. Listen, one of my... Favorite qualities about myself is that I'm really curious. I've always, my dad used to say, I ask more questions than, uh, what I don't remember the exact saying, but he was like, every word out of your mouth is a question. What is that? Why does that work like that? How does that happen? Well, what can you do to stop it? Well, how can we have more? Like, I just don't. My uh, maiden name is Gordon and my first name is Corey. So my initials were CG and I had this. Um, yummy, yummy boyfriend once who uh, used to say CG stand for Curious George because <laughs> I asked a lot of questions also. So I'm going to ask you this question, yes. last question. So you said you want to learn something from every podcast. So mm-hmm. what did you learn from today's podcast? I learned uh, the purpose of a container for sure <laughs> is that you can eyeball and see what you need and what you don't need very quickly. So I'd say... 20% maybe of my clo- my pantry is in a container. But it's so But they're not over- matching, are they? The, they are absolutely not matching uh-huh. so and yeah. they are buried so that they're the purpose for me for a container was to be able to access something. Yeah. So like to use a back corner of a space, I put something in a container because then I can take the whole container out. What's good in a corner it. is a lazy Susan. It's a lazy Susan. But see my brain goes but you're wasting the corner because it's round. Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't address that when you said that earlier. When I do choose containers, I like them to be nice, symmetrical, because sometimes they have these containers that yeah, have yeah. like an angle. And you're right. You can't butt things up next to each other yeah. when it has that angling to it. When so, it's like a triangle sort of. Yeah. So it, that is that is an issue. I agree. But um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still a fan of the container. I don't care if you're, you're not maximizing on every millimeter. And I mean, you know, we, your pantry probably has more food. You guys could live off that pantry for a while. 100 I mean, you, years. You would need produce. Yeah. But you have, a, there's a fair amount of food in there. You guys could get quite clever and creative and, you know, be fine if you couldn't get to the grocery store for a week. Very true. Yeah. Uh, that's very true. And, you know, our pantry is deceptive a little bit because there's more than just food in there. Right. There's liquor. So that's the other thing. Yeah. We we pull all that out. Uh-huh. We rehome those things. Your pantry should be food. What I do like to keep in a pantry that's not food is larger appliances yes. that um, you don't use frequently, like the panini press or the ice cream maker or the slow cooker or the oh i got somewhere else for that pot or the food processor you know all those things that you have and you don't use all the time those are nice and like a very low shelf or a very high shelf Mm -hmm. because they belong there or it's cookbooks but other than that it should be just food just be food yeah that is not the case i have everything but the kitchen sink inside my pantry Mm -hmm. (laughs) let me in your pantry girl i know right i I just might do that i just might do that (laughs) well i learned that And I learned more about you, which is always great. I mean, you're someone I just met, which I think is pretty, pretty great. It was pretty brave of you to come and do this because you don't know me at all. And uh, I appreciate that. I've never had anyone ask me to be on a podcast. So I was like, okay, cool. Was it fun? Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I, I It was fun. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you, you came. You made me cry. Well, you know, I'm a professional at that, apparently. <laughs> no, but you come back and talk about something else sometime. You don't even have to have a topic. 
I had a podcast earlier today. If there's today, a ball in no Rose, topic. honey, I'll come back and talk. Girl, <laughs> I can hook you up with that next time. I got to drive over the hill after this one and uh, meet up with somebody. So I couldn't do it today. But mm. another day, I could totally rosé you right. all day long. Rosé all day? I'll rosé all day. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.